Can you hear me? Okay. Real quick, God just been doing some awesome things. I was going to have uh, one of the awesome things and awesome people have an opportunity to share. So if, if you want to go ahead and come on up, just, just tell what God did with you. You know, David's been um, listening to God about healing and, and people he needs, he, that God was going to lead him to or, or bring to him. Um, and Wednesday night, I was um, asked to work the nursery, and I've been on some medication, haven't been feeling very good, but I really, really, it's a goal of mine to really be able to get to know the babies and, and feel comfortable with them. So I was working the nursery, and after at the end of the night, um, Sunila came and got me because David had stated someone with, was having pain in their back. And um, so, and I have been, I've been having um, extreme pain that shoots all the way through my legs and it's really hard to sit at work and do my job. And he prayed over me and, um, you know, we go each day and we, we believe in God and we believe in healings. And, but when we come up to a time when we're the ones hurting, sometimes we just let it go by. You know, we say, okay, thank you, Lord. I know you're going to get me through this and, you know, I'm going to endure the pain, but we don't have to do that. Yeah. You know, right. David, David was, he listened to God and he, they came and got me and I come in, I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll take prayer. You know, I'm hurting, yeah. you know, I believe he's going to heal me, but you know, you. sometimes just stepping forth and, and with, with each other, wow. you know, yes. and letting God do his work, yes. you know, amongst us. It's just a blessing because, you know, I bent over and, you know, it healed. It was, it was done. Wow. You know, it was that Woo! quick. Come on. Um, you know, That's and awesome. through the week, you know, through the rest of the week, you know, Saint was trying to take that from me because wow. I'd sit down and I'd feel a little hitch, you know, in my back. Mm. And I'm like, okay, no. it's not, it can't be that because God's healed me, Wow. you know, and, you know, now I've been spending the weekend with my grandbaby able to lift her up and Woo! play with her. Thank and, you, Lord. You know, I just give God the glory. And wow. I thank, you know, I thank God for doing the work that he's doing in all of us. And yeah. Doing. Come on. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to use the, this guy. You know, that's, that's um, just one of the, the testimonies that God's, and also God zapped uh, Judy. Uh, Judy, I mean, if you want to come up here and share too, you can, but if, if you don't want to, that's, okay. Uh, it was just as awesome to see. Um, I just, God is so interested in moving all the time. And you know, how many know that God, can you guys hear me? Can you hear me? I, okay, is this a little better? Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm kind of getting, getting over. I had some sniffles uh, earlier, and then I just have fun singing, so my voice just kind of goes with it. Um, but I think God is interested in doing something all the time. Do, do, you know, do you know what the word, you know his name when God revealed his name to Abraham on the mountain? His name was Jehovah, right? Y'all know what Jehovah. You've heard Jehovah? Um, well, thank you. Thank you, I appreciate that. Um, well, do you know what the word Jehovah means? Jehovah means the existing one. The existing one means he, he never changes. Okay? Now, if God wanted to heal and do things back then, and he is Jehovah, that means nothing ever changed. Nothing ever changes. What changes is us. And as we go from glory to glory, and we are just getting renewed in that, we're just, we're experiencing, we're experiencing him in us. And it's so good. I actually want to share a story. Um, 
um, that um, happened to me last, um, it was a week ago, last Monday. <clears throat> so it was, uh, I guess it would be two weeks ago tomorrow. And what had happened was, I, I have been really just praying and asking God to just say, hey, God, there's a lot of things. I'm learning how much I don't know. Like, there's, there, I do know some things, but there's a lot of things I don't know. And I say, God, just give me a spirit of revelation. And I know I kind of shared on that last time. But if God is going to give you revelation, it's not something that you already know. So that means it's going to come by his spirit, and it's going to come in a way that it's not like just kind of a refresher of what you already know. It has actually nothing to do with what you already know. Because if you already knew it, you'd be able to get that revelation by yourself without him. So I've been saying, God, just kind of change my mind. Change the way I think. And how many of you guys know when the word repent means to change your mind? It really means to change your mind. And it's very dangerous when we get outside and we actually start formulating theology and thinking that doesn't allow our minds to change. That we are continuing to get for our minds to be renewed. All right? Amen? You know, I actually, I actually, when Dad said, you know, wake up earlier, I mean, I just was like, the Holy Spirit was like, kisha. I mean, God's people, I mean, I want to just, can I, can I make a declaration with you this morning? Can I make a declaration for us to wake up right now? And that isn't, that isn't a knock. As a matter of fact, what it does is I, I, I kind of need to work, I need to buffer your offensiveness. Can I offend you in Jesus' name? Can I, can, I, can I offend you a lot? Can I, can I offend you so much that you might actually change? Because, see, when we stop being offended, we forfeit our next glory. Do you know we need to be offended? Do you know you, you will never be polished if you're never rubbed? And do you know we are, we are his workmanship? Do you know that God is constantly, like, I, I know things, but then he comes and he says, well, yeah, but you know about this. And I'm like, well, what in the world? But you told me that earlier. He said, but I'm telling you this now. And you see, here's the interesting thing is God is always speaking to his people, but so many times we hold on to old words that we kill current promises. Listen to this real quick. Abraham had a word of the Lord. It was go up on the mountain and sacrifice your son. Was that a word of the Lord? Yes or no? How many of you know he went up on the mountain? How many of you know there was a new word of the Lord? Do you know if he would not have continued to hear, he would have killed the promise God promised him? In, because in the name of obedience... Do you know that God is always speaking a new word? Yes. Do you know that's why, are we, that's why it says that we are to rightly divide truth because truth for yesterday not, might not be the same truth for today. That's why faith comes by hearing, not having heard. 
Are you offended yet? There's a lot here. You're like, Josh, burn me a, burn me a dozen CDs. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I, I want, like, I want to, I don't want to offend you to hurt you, but I want to I offend you for, for us to be able to grow together. Because how many of you know that you have, you have valuable, valuable experiences that the Lord has brought you through that you need to share with me? And do you know, I might, I need to be willing to be offended by what you went through so I will grow. How many of you are like, man, this, I, wish, I wish our government can learn this. Maybe, see, if we're not willing to be offended, we're not going to grow. Okay. I don't, amen. All right. I, I have, that's not even my introduction. Lord. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in us. Lord, I just thank you for your Holy Spirit upon us right now. There's healing right now. Just If you need healing, extend your hands out and right now receive healing. Um, right now, you're going to experience a newness. I just see there's going to be someone, someone's going to feel warp in your body. And you're, gonna, in it, you're, not gonna be, you're not going to be holding it. It's just kind of going to get warm. It's going to get warm, and then you're just kind of, you're going to sit in the presence of God this entire service. There's just something's going to happen. There's going to be a warmth in your body. And that you're not going to do, you weren't like holding your hands over your hand, then you let go, and it's warm. It's just going to kind of get warm. And I just thank you, God, that you're faithful to do this. Lord, I thank you for the word of the Lord that's coming. Lord, that blessed is he who... Blessed is the man who is offended for my name's sake. Lord, I just thank you for that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just, uh, just be conscientious of that. If you, if you have pain in your body and you're kind of feeling a warmth in your body, uh, just know, don't freak out. That's God, and he loves to do that stuff all the time. Okay? Because he's always been doing that. Um, I, I want to give something that God, God wanted me to preface this. He wanted me to preface this before I started, and that was this. Peter, how many of you guys know when Peter came to Jesus, or when Jesus came to Peter in the boat before Peter had yet to become a disciple of Jesus? Uh, he was just kind of doing his own thing. And I actually kind of want to challenge um, how you think, how powerful you are to do what Jesus did. And this is something that's very interesting. The, in, in all the four Gospels, we have the story of Jesus going to Peter, okay? Um, and you could write these references down, but I'm really only going to focus on one because I know that um, every testimony of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's the same story. They're just different persons, people telling pretty much the same story. But in Matthew, it's in 4, verse 18 to 23. I'm not going to read that text. There's Mark 1, 16 to 23. I'm not going to read that text. <laughs> John 1, 37 to 43. I'm not going to read that text. I wanted to write that down so you, if you wanted to go back, I, please don't believe what I say. Try it out. Uh, Jesus said to the Pharisees, if you, don't see the works, if you do not see me do the works of my Father, don't believe me. So please challenge <laughs> what I'm saying by you going and researching yourself. So I gave you those scriptures, but I actually want to read out of Luke chapter 5. Let's uh, turn in our Bibles to Luke chapter 5 real quick. And I'm going to go pretty quick, okay? So if you guys don't mind just kind of going with me quick. 
It's Luke chapter 1, and, or no, 5, Luke 5. And I'm going to read um, 1 through 11. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of um, Gennesaret. Um, by the way, Jesus had just been baptized. He came out of the wilderness. He had done a couple cool things. And now he is by the lake teaching. Okay, He, he doesn't really have too many disciples yet. He's in the process of acquiring he's. The disciples are coming to him during this period of his life, okay? Um, it says here in verse um, 2, And saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. So Jesus went up to these boats that were, there weren't any people in them. But he went up to them. Verse 3 says, He got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out, put out a little from the land. So get out into the water a little bit. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped, hold on, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. So look what happened here. So Jesus says, hey, let's just, let's just get out a little bit so I can teach the people. How many of you guys know, actually, in that geographical location, it was so awesome because Jesus actually had wisdom of the concept of amplification because there was a hill and there were so many people and by him launching out into the water, it actually amplified his voice so people could actually hear. There were so many people. So here's what happened. Verse 5, uh, it says, But Simon answered and said to him, Jesus, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Then it says this, keep in mind, Simon's not a disciple yet. Verse 6 says, and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats, so that they began to sink. So both boats began to sink because of this catch. Oh, come on. How many can use some of that right there? You're like, just start claiming that, all right? When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, Lord. For he and all who were, who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. I'm actually going to stop right there. But the Holy Spirit said this to me. Jesus did on one outing what Peter couldn't do in a lifetime. That, you know, Peter, how many of you guys, can I, let's just think real quick about your career, what you're doing. How many of you know that you're doing something how many know that there's a lot of people that have a real problem with balancing their walk with Christ and their professional life? Now, I don't even know why I'm going here, but the Holy Spirit just go here. How many know there's, there's a lot of people, yes? Yep. Amen? Yep. There's a lot of people that you know, they have a hard time with balancing their walk and their professional life. You know what, you know, it's, 
You know, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly thinking about this. This is so interesting that Jesus comes into this young man's life. By the way, the, the disciples were in their late teens to their mid-twenties when Jesus acquired them. Jesus was 30 when he started his ministry, so I figure I have another four months before I start mine. All right? So, I'm... A, <laughs> but what happened was Jesus did something to Peter that Peter had only dreamed about. Can you think about that real quick? And this, this drives me nuts because... Jesus went into a man's life and actually fulfilled his dream before he asked him to follow his. And I just want to say to you that the reason why Jesus was able to do that was because he believed big. He actually had access to eternal. He, you know, he could rule over the fish. And what he actually did was he did a miracle that actually removed a bondage of thinking from Peter's life and then Peter saw or Simon saw Jesus and said depart from me I am a sinner was there an altar call did did it did actually Jesus Jesus didn't just didn't Jesus didn't say he was a sinful man he didn't say repent and watch this miracle he just did it can I just make a, a statement that if we think that the world needs to repent before they experience his presence, we're kind of reversing the model. Do you know that how many, how many churches want people to get clean before they come into his presence? But do you know that's impossible? Do you know that it's not until you're in his presence that you get clean? Man, that's... Man, I just... I'm sorry, I'm, I just want to tell you, I'm tired of seeing weak, a weak gospel. Do you know when you teach, the reason why we are in the, this is a word of the Lord. The reason why our country is in the place it's at is because it is in, it is in the harvest of a weak gospel. It is because we have said, get clean and that come that God says, no, I say come and then get clean. And do you know if we, and that's, in people's minds are just like, they're like, who are, I, what you are telling me is so contrary to what I've ever heard. I'm, I, I'm scared to, I'm scared to know really what you're really about. And there is no agenda other than your freedom. Why did he set me free? For your freedom. No, but is there a agenda? No, he wants you to be free. Because he's freedom. And if, if we teach that, that there's, uh, you know what? Yeah, I got I to keep, uh, there's, God wants just to, to eat on that real quick. That he wants you to be able to be prepared to bring a miracle so big in someone, someone's life that they have no, dis- why do I even do this anymore? Like, can you imagine can you imagine going into, can you imagine going into a, a, a CEO's office who's in a hardship and you bring a word of wisdom to him that he was just like, what? Where'd you get this idea? Man, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a man of God. And he told me that da 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 And he says, do this. And okay, all right, I'll do it. And he does it. And he actually... 
his business so expands and he actually overexceeds. This is interesting. Jesus' miracle phased out Peter's entire career. It was that big. Can I ask you, how big are you believing for people? Is your faith for the people that you are coming into contact big enough that you are able to do a miracle into, a, into where, look, guess what? You don't have to work anymore because he's taking care of it. And I, I don't know, I don't, and you're like, well, wh- where, where are you talking about? Is it financial or what do you, I don't know. Let the Holy Spirit do the rest. But I just want to, there is a level of faith that he has called us to, and he wasn't joking when he said greater things. That we're actually going to give revelation to people that is actually going to free them and they never had the idea of this before, they are tired, they're like, look, I've done this a bajillion times, but it's because when you say it, and you have the Spirit of God in you, something's going to happen, and they're going to go, what did you do? How, why, did you, why did you do it, and the one time you did it, you're sinking my boats, but when I've continued to do it, I have a a medium, I have a good catch, I have no catches, and that's what people have. And you know, if a gospel isn't presented that blows people's minds, why would they change theirs? And I just want to, if I can offend you to a place to change your mind, that the, the gospel really is that good. That the gospel needs to astonish people. You know what's so cool is like, like Gary when Gary's getting touched by the Lord, he's like, whoa. Or he says, wow, comfort. That's what he said, wow, comfort. Do you know that there needs to be a wow effect to your presence because you carry his? Hallelujah. And that, that I, I'm, amen? Yep. Now, I don't, know, I don't know if you know this, but you got some, you got some wow to you. Hallelujah. You really have a wow effect like when people come they're going to be curious but you need to make you need to be able to have the faith to turn their curiosity into astonishment you know there's a lot of people that they leave the presence of a believer thinking I don't want that and that's not what they're supposed to experience they're actually after Jesus does this In the other version, it says, come and follow me. And they left their stuff. But I want to tell you, Jesus armed Peter. He actually armed him with belief that he didn't really have before. And it brought repentance. He actually changed his mind because of what Jesus did. Um, Amen. Um, God's been changing my mind. And like I said, um, two weeks ago tomorrow... I woke up and I had one of the worst pains in my back. It was in the middle part of my back that I've ever felt in my entire life. As a matter of fact, um, every time I'd stand, I had to stand a certain way just to not feel the pain. And when I'd move my head a little bit to the left, this shock would go through my body. When I move my head a little bit to the right, just shock would go through my body. I mean, every time I did any sort of motion other than this, it was just, there was a shock. You ever, it was like a funny bone. You ever done that? And the shock would go through my body. And so um, I woke up and, and <laughs> um, when I had my appendix taken out, 
I, evidently, I have a really low tolerance for pain. <laughs> when they, when they, they, they did the, the scope and they looked at my appendix, they said, Mr. Galligan, we don't know how you're feeling any pain, any pain because your appendix are barely pink. And they're usually black or exploded before we you know, operate. And I was like, well, I don't know, it hurts. And the doctor was like, well, you have a really t low tolerance for pain. And Kim loves that. She, she has the funnest with that. And because every time I'm like, oh, she's like, how bad is it? Is it, is it really that bad? But like, I woke up and I'm just like, ugh. And it like, I couldn't do motion. There were certain things I couldn't do. And it hurt. It hurt really, it hurt. I don't know if you ever felt that. It just hurt. The back pain is really bad. It affects your whole body. And so... She was like, do you need to go to the doctor? I was like, I don't know. I, I'm going to wait a day to see if it just kind of maybe lessens or something. Okay. So Tuesday, it, it was there, and it was just as bad. I was like, yeah, let's, let's call the doctor just in case. And so I went into the doctor, and she was like, like adjusting me. And she goes, I, you know what? I don't know, but it might be a collapsed lung, so I need to do an X-ray. So we, I got an X-ray. She's like, well, it's not a collapsed lung, but... She, and she started like moving my back as she like show me how much motion you can do and she started like pushing on my muscles she's like well you didn't strain a muscle the, your muscle is not inflamed there's no knots there's no uh, tension she said you know what I actually she goes you know what it might be she goes whenever you breathe in your your ribs come out they expand when you inhale and when you breathe out they contract and they go in they, they move with your body she goes I think you have one of your ribs is stuck and like the fluid isn't moving very well. And so every time you breathe in or you move, the shock goes through your whole body. And I was like, okay, that, that sounds about right. And um, so anyway, that was Tuesday. On Wednesday, the pain was still there. And you know, sometimes we can just get comfortable with living with pain. And God doesn't want us to. I mean, we need to constantly contend for the healing. Just, and I know you can get tired of asking, but he never, he, he, he plans on doing it. But so many times we'll pray and we just say, well, maybe he didn't want to do it. I don't think he thinks that. I really don't. Because Jesus, the, the, we, where's your model, David? Well, Jesus is my model. Jesus never prayed for a person and them didn't get healed. Ever. Now, he was, he did go into a city, and he was not able to do many mighty works because of their unbelief. But at the same time, every person that he prayed for was healed, every one. And guess who, who, guess who we are born after? His image. So that, that tells me, that, that tells me that there is a mystery that, God, I don't know, how, I don't know what I am, where to get to, to get to that place, but I know I need to pursue that. And I want to challenge you, pursue that. Change your mind to a place where you're like, you know, I'm going to pursue that every person I pray for is going to get healed. Every person. Have that faith. And I bet you you're going to start seeing it. And what happened was, Wednesday night, uh, it, was, uh, it was Tanner, Derek, and... Um, uh, oh man, I forgot his name. Devin, thank you. They were praying for my back, and I just felt the presence of God just come on me. It was like a blanket, just kind of like, 
It's like somebody laid a blanket over me, and I was just like, man, this feels good. Like my pain wasn't, the pain wasn't gone, but there was a presence of God that I felt on my body, okay? So it just, my body was like, wow, I just, I feel the presence of God. It was so good. I want you guys to listen to what happened that night. I've been praying for revelation. I've been praying for things like that. And that night, it was, uh, it was last Wednesday night, I'm, I'm in a dream. And there's all the, I'm on a bridge, and the bridge is about as wide as this room. And there's people walking around. They're just kind of like walking around, looking on this bridge. And I don't really see the surroundings. But I see the bridge, and all of a sudden, I see a guy walking towards me. And I only saw him for about three seconds. Now, what I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you in detail but it all happened in about three seconds. So I see this guy walking towards me, and I look at him, and I knew exactly who he was and what he was there to do. I see him walking towards me, and, and I say, you're here to heal me, aren't you? And he goes, yep. And he turns me around, and he turns me around, and I look to the side, and I go, you're an angel, aren't you? And he goes, yep. And he pushed me out. He pushed my back, and I'm not joking you, I woke up out of my dream with my chest six inches off my bed. So it went like this. I'm, I'm on this bridge, and I see this guy, and he goes, and I say, you're here to heal me, aren't you? And he goes, yep, you're an angel, yep. And he pops me out of my dream. I, he actually pushes me out from my dream. Un until I'm waking up and I'm looking, I'm looking down at my chest sticking up in the air. It's sticking up about four to six inches off the air. And I'm just like, oh, what in the world? And then I just kind of, I, it goes back down. I look over at the clock and it's four o'clock in the morning. And I did what anybody else would have done if they got touched by an angel at four o'clock in the morning. I went back to bed. <laughs> so I went to bed. And I, and I, and the next morning I wake up and I was like, Kim, I had the weirdest dream last night. And I told her the dream and she goes, have you tried it out yet? And I go, no. So I got out of bed and I'm moving my back. There is no pain. I mean, it is gone. Like, it is totally gone. Yeah, that's okay. I just want to tell you guys, when you say God changed my mind, he is going to give you experiences that you could not have had if you did not purpose in your heart to say, God, just look, I'm willing to change my mind. My, my way is, is not as good as your way. And so when you say in your heart, change my mind, do you know that healing is offensive to your body? Do you know that? Do you, know how, do you know that if we lose the offensiveness in our gospel, we lose the power for them to repent? And repentance isn't saying, I'm sorry. It's changing your mind. It's changing your mind. You know, God wants to change your mind, but he won't make you. Do you know that? Do you know that your decisions reflect where your passions are. And he is such a God of mercy that he just says, look, I've provided something for you. You know what? 
When, when, you, when, God, when you come to God, he gives you a seed. Now, you can look at the seed and you can think it's significant. Or you can see the forest that he has for you. The difference is in the person who holds the seed's mind. Do you have a vision for what he has a vision for? Or do you simply see what you're holding? And there's a lot of people that don't have the vision to cultivate what the Father sees. Bill Johnson says this, he says, I can't afford to have a thought in my mind that's not in his. Do you know how much he, I mean, he looks at you and he sees, a, he gives you a seed and which is fully capable to produce an abundance for the generations, but it's up to you to cultivate that. Because it's in you cultivating what he gives you that provides breakthrough in you and the glories and glories in you. And it also, it actually proves your desire for what he wants for you. That's the free will thing. You know, why doesn't God just blah, you know, and it's all done. Well, you know what? He does do that. Amen. But at the same time, there are many times he gives you a seed and says, you know what? I need you. Here's a forest. I, I, this is going to build homes. This is going to feed nations. Um, this is going to, I mean, this is going to, this is just whatever. This is going to do so much. Here you go. Here's a seed. Now let's see if your vision aligns with mine. Now let's see if the grace that I have given you is sufficient and you believe it. Do you know the problem isn't in the seed he gave you? It's in our unbelief of the potential of the seed. God has never given a seed that does not have the fullest of potential. But your belief and your agreement with his vision will determine whether or not it becomes what he says it becomes. Amen. Do you know, man, you know, I will say about the Peter thing, not everybody, not every disciple received this starting point in following Jesus that Peter received. That Jesus knew that Peter would need, what Peter would need in order to lay everything down. And I just want to, I think we need to be prepared to offer that extensive miracle to people that are in need. And one of the biggest, one of the biggest issues that, um, or challenges that people come with us to hear it and just the leadership is that they are, they are so worried about fixing what is wrong with them that they're actually missing how they're going to fix them. Like they, their breakthrough doesn't come when their circumstances stop. Their, their breakthrough comes when they learn that they have the power to cleanse everyone else's circumstances. Do you know that? Do you know, because Jesus, Jesus, Jesus knew that, look, he's, he's, he's working miracles through people, and he's healing people, and everywhere he goes, he's emitting just what is his nature. Well, we can do that. Um, Amen. I want to do something real quick. We have, we have 20 minutes. And I want to talk to you guys real quick about being seated in heavenly places. 
Do you know we actually do you know actually we are dwelling in two places at the same time? You know that? Like do you know that you actually you have senses right now that are we have smell, touch, feel, sight and hear. We have these five senses, okay? But how many of you know we there's other there's another being that is you that's the spirit you. You know that? There is the spirit you that is seated in heavenly places. Do you know you, we have, um, <laughs> how many of you know that there are things in this room, how many of you know there's music in this room? How many of you know that there are, how many of you know there are movies in this room? Do you know that there's TV shows in this room? Now, if I had a television, I can prove that to you. See, the problem is, is not us being able to see it, but is having the tool to decode that channel and display it. I just want to say to you, those of you who are looking for opportunities and miracles and signs and wonders, they're all there. You just have to have the tool to, to flip on the channel and channel it to that person. They're there. They are, I mean, you can, you can go, you just got to know how to switch the frequency and hey, and you know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit in you. The Holy Spirit is the, if you can, the television, the radio of what is happening in heavenly places. And a lot of times we're just like, <laughs> we're like, it's just not there. We got to be tuned in. You actually, it's always there. How many of you know there's radio waves in here and you can't see them, but guess what? How many of you know there's, there's, there's television stations here, and you can't see them? But if I turn on a TV, you see them. Why? Because there's the decoder that actually emits and, and is in tune and knows how to get in focus with that and display what something else is broadcasting. And how many of you know that's what we are to be with the world, with the channel of heaven? Do you know that? It's always there. Healing is always there. Wis wisdom is always there. Revelation, guys, knowledge, all those gifts, uh, uh, word of knowledge, prophecy, uh, healing, faith, it's always there. We just have to be tuned in to it in order to display it. I want to actually read to you guys Ephesians. Let's turn to Ephesians. I know I've done a lot of talking, and I got like 20 minutes again. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to go through this. Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to read, um, we're going to read Ephesians 1. We're going to read 17 to 23. Okay. Actually, let's read 1 through 14 first. Let's go ahead and just go to the beginning. I want to talk to you guys about you have you you are actually right now at this very moment seated with Christ in heavenly places. We talked about this. How many of you guys know that? You know that. Raise your hands. Raise your hands. You know that? No, you don't know that. Okay. Most of us know that. Well, the ones who don't, I just want to let you know, you are. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Now listen to this. Verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. Do you all know, you know what faithful, faithful doesn't mean dependable. 
Faithful means full of faith. So if you're faith, like you can come here every Sunday and not be faithful. You can be dependable, but not full of faith. And God is calling a people to be full of faith. Faithful. I don't know. It's just it's not a play on words. That's really what the word means. It says, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with how many? All spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Do you know? Let me, you know it says, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. You know what that word blessed means? That means praised or celebrated. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to read it with like, I'm going to read it like that. Who has praised us with every spiritual blessing or who has celebrated us with every spiritual blessing. In he- you know, heaven is a big party. And it really is. And, you know, I, I'm just going to tell you, you are going to see the mold of church change. You are going to see it change. And there is going to be, I'm going to let you know, there's going to be a lot of people who love God, but they actually, wow. I'm going to say this. They love God but they love the word more. They love what this says more than the freedom it brings. Now, this never contradicts God, ever. But at the same time, it is the spirit that reveals the mysteries of what God is doing. How? Are you ready? Can I offend you real quick? Um, real quick, I'm going to preface this. Do you know when, when Jesus taught on communion, he just said, unless you drink my blood and uh, eat my flesh, you have no part in my kingdom. And then he didn't explain what he said. And his whole entire congregation left except for his disciples. And the di- disciples were like, this is, a, this is a hard saying. We don't really understand this. So... You might hear this, and it might really offend you, but I just ask that the Spirit of God would actually bring revelation, okay? All of the Bible was found in God. Amen? Amen. Every single verse in here was given by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Do we agree? Yes? Listen to this. You know, all the Bible was found in God, but not all of God is found in the Bible. Do you know that? I'm going to say it like this. Do you know? And you're like, whoa. I want to say something else. Do you know in the end of John, the very last verse in John says, if all of the deeds of Jesus were to be written down, not even the world itself could contain them. Is that in the Bible? So that means that there might be books that are written that, that would have the works of Jesus in them. But how many of you guys know that there are, there are some people, I'm not talking about anti-biblical, I'm not talking about unbiblical things, but how many of you know that actually saying a prayer to salvation, that actually, do you know the sinner's prayer isn't biblical? Like, it's not found in the Bible. Do you know that? You know, you look in the scripture, there's nowhere in the Bible where Jesus says, pray this prayer and you will have the kingdom of heaven. It never says that. There's no such thing as a sinner's prayer. It's the righteous prayer. You, sinners don't pray. 
It's the righteous that pray. We make the declaration. Now, I, here's, here, I know this is like, good, where are we going? I, I know, I feel that. I feel that with you. All of God. Even, see, the rest, the rest of the Spirit. See, do you know if all of God was found in the Bible, then the Pharisees would have had it. They would have rocked. They would have been awesome. But Jesus says, you search the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life. Do you know that it was a prerequisite of the, of the Pharisees to memorize the entire Bible that they had? Do you know that? Do you know when Jesus spit on the man's eyes and rubbed it and healed them, that, that there was no theology or doctrine for him to do that by? He, what did he have to do? He had the Spirit lead him. This is really scary for a lot of people. Can I, do you feel that? It's like, you feel that? I want to tell you, that's the, prep, that's the precipice of breakthrough. That when you actually, I'm not talking about, we absolutely, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And if you don't have the fear of the Lord, you're going to get in some weird stuff. Come on, amen? You, we all know that. We all know that. We know that. And I, but I know at the same time, I know even though the sinner's prayer isn't in the Bible, I know that God uses it. Amen? Do you know he uses it? And I, I think someone can actually have a revelation of who Jesus and who they are through that confession, that confession of believing. And I think that we are, are going to see breakthrough. Come on. We're going to see breakthrough in things. Lord, just right now, come on. We're going to see breakthrough because we know how to change our minds and renew it according to his. Paul talks about the mysteries that are to be revealed by the Spirit. We're going to talk about that here in just a little bit. Verse 3, or verse 4 says, Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love he actually chose you before the foundation of the world well i mean i thought i chose him well you do you did choose him but before he chose you well did he make me choose him no no he didn't he just he lives outside of time so from the foundation of the world like if you got saved in 1990 he traveled in 1990 the very second before you received him says now i choose you Because there's not, not everybody chooses him. You do know that. Not everybody chooses him. But everyone who chooses him, he chose them before they chose him. That's pretty awesome. I mean, that's just pretty good. I, I know this is offensive. But he chose you first. It says, verse 5, Having predestined, predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. It's just... According to his good pleasure. You know the Bible says in Romans that it's the goodness of God that leads a sinner to repentance. That's what Peter experienced. And when we, when we lose the goodness part, we lose the repentance part. Yeah. That people's experience in the pre, of, of, you, of you bringing the experience of the presence of the Lord is totally predicated on your ability to shine his goodness. That when we lose the goodness factor, we lose the freedom factor. Amen. This verse six to the praise of the glory of praise of the glory of his 
grace by which he made us according, uh, made us accepted into the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, amen, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in how much? All wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. Do you know the, we, do you know we know the mystery of his will? Do you know that? I, I want to, do you guys know that we know his will? I don't know if you know that, but we know that. Do you know the verse that says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor entered into the heart of man the good things he has for those who love him? Do you know that's not a verse that is relevant in the new covenant as far as that we know now? Do you know we know the mystery of his will now? You're like, what? I'm going to read you. To everybody turn to 1 Corinthians. I wanna, I'm trying to get you guys to realize you do know the mystery. The, I think so many people are like, what is God's will for my life? They're so scared. They are fearful. And how many know he didn't give us that spirit? But what spirit did he give us? Spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And you can't know the mystery of his will if you're scared of if you're not doing it. Amen? Look at this, guys. Look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to read 6 through 16. Listen to this. However, we speak wisdom. Now, Paul is exhorting the church in Corinthians, okay? And he says, and he, he just got finished saying, look, I, I, I didn't come to you with wisdom. I was, I was scared, but I, I came to you speaking mysteries, okay? He's, that's the whole fear and trembling uh, uh, verse 6 says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. Do you know that word mature means eternal? Do you know, unless you have eternal thinking, you're not going to know what this book is saying? Do you know this book was written by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, right? So that means if you want to decode what he's saying, you have to have the decoder. Do you know how many people read the Bible without the decoder? And that's why we have weird doctrine. Do you know that? People who are scared of the power of God and they try to teach an enhanced life rather than a whole new creation and that's why it doesn't work. It says here, for those who are mature, eternal, yet not the wisdom of this age nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, amen? Amen? Come on, Kim, I know you guys. You know, I hear you guys talking. You're like, man, I'm just watching the news. And Man, you, I agree. Hey, even Paul knew what we were going through. It's coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a what? Mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages. Why? For our glory. Do you all see that? For our glory. You know God wants to glorify you? I mean, he really wants you to, to live in constant glory. It's really good. This is really good news. I, I just know some of you haven't heard the, the unlimitedness of this good news. And as it says here, 
which, um, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would have not have crucified the Lord of glory. Listen to this. But it is written. Listen to this. This is what I'm talking about. This is why we, we know the mystery. We know his will. You know what? You guys, someone in here is going to experience freedom this morning. You're going to get it. Right here. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for those who love him. Listen to this. But God has revealed them to us. Do you see that? No eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor entered into the heart of man. The things, nobody knows the things that are on the heart of God. And Paul says, we know. We know. Do you guys listen to this? But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit, big S, do you know? Okay, real quick. You have a spirit, and then there's the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. There's the soul, the body, and the spirit. And then there's the Holy Spirit. And it says this. Now, remember, there's two spirits. And whenever you see little s, that's our spirit. Whenever you see big S, that's his spirit. Ready? But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For his spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of God except the little spirit, our spirit, of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the big spirit, his spirit of God. Are you guys following me? Okay, listen to this. Verse 12. Now, what now we have received, not the little s spirit of the world, but the spirit. We have that. The Spirit, who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but in the Holy, in which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the big, the Holy Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them. Because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For, listen to this, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We got it. Somebody say amen. Amen. We got it. Listen. I want you to believe that you know his will. And you know what? He wants you to believe that too. Or else Paul wouldn't have said this. We have the mind of Christ. Actually, we know the mysteries of God because we have his spirit in us. This is so awesome. Do you know if you are trying to operate and you're like, man, I want to... Man, this is, this is good. The good man, he did this for me. And then you go out. There's a lot of believers that are walking around and they have no idea what they are doing because they don't, what they do is they don't know how much God is so excited about what he has already revealed to them. It's good. Man, this is really good. Do you know when you 
see yourself seated in heavenly places. You see what he's doing. Jesus said, I only do the things I have seen my father do. That tells me my perception affects a lot of what I see here. That if I believe I'm a citizen of heaven, which Paul says, and I think it's Colossians 3, 2, says we're citizens of heaven. Do you know if I see myself seated in a place of kingdomship up there, then I am actually going to be able to recreate here because what I saw up there. Amen? Amen. You know how many times we, we are going up to people and we are just like, man, God, I have no idea what you're going to do, but maybe you want to do something. What if, you know what, God can, there are times God does use that. But I think the mind he wants us to have is revelation of what to do in that situation. I think we're going to be able to declare to people, do you know you are going to meet someone this week and God is going to use you and you're going to actually, in their left or their right knee, you're going to lay hands on them and they're going to be healed in the name of Jesus. Because I've seen him do it in heavenly places. Why? Because I'm seated in there and I believe he's there too. I'm going to believe big for him because I've seen him in heaven. You know, if I, if I think that the world is, is evil, I don't want to talk to them. Because I'm worried that they're going to contaminate my seed. But how many of you know his seed is incontaminatable? Like, you can't contaminate truth. It's, it's that awesome. It's... it's um, it's so good. As a matter of fact, if you think that, you're, that the Holy Spirit, that seal on your life is contaminatable, I don't know if I put the emphasis on the right syllables there, but if you think that it's insufficient, you will cre- create insufficient fruit. Do you know that? You know, my dad taught me humility growing up. He taught me humility not by humbling me, but humbling himself. Do you know, when I read the word, I don't read it to teach, I read it to learn. Why? Because the spirit in which I do something is the spirit in which I create in the next person I give. If I read the word to teach it, I create a spirit of you to teach, but then you don't receive, and then guess what happens when you go out into the world and you have that spirit of teach? They don't receive. But if I search the word and say, God, just reveal to me, I'm a learner. I'm a disciple. That's what the word disciple, I'm a learner. I I receive revelation knowledge, and then I give revelation knowledge. You receive it, and then they receive it. Do you know, my dad taught me humility, not by humbling me, but by humbling him. So what I saw, I saw he could be humble, so so can I. See, a lot, of, a lot of parents are so scared to show their scars, but you're actually disabling your child to be what you're actually trying for them to be. Mm, come on. So what happens is when I receive something, when I receive what he's doing, then I'm empowered to give that same thing. 
You guys, you know the will of God. And if you think small, if you think that you don't, if you think that you don't know his will, the word of the Lord is to you today, you do. How many of you know people with illness and sickness? How many of you know they're already healed? Do you know that? When I look at somebody with an illness or sickness, actually, I know they're already healed. The thing is, sometimes they need to experience your belief, your faith in them. There, there are a lot of people, Jesus says, whoever you forgive, I forgive. Do you know what? I think that verse right there, I think that is the key to breakthrough in the church today. When was the last time you forgave? When was the last time you saw somebody do something on TV and said, oh, I, w- I would be happy to take their place? I mean, that's what he did for us, right? It's so weird when we can receive forgiveness but not give forgiveness. You know what that says to me? That, that makes me question the quality of what I received. If what I'm giving isn't pure, then maybe what I received wasn't pure. That I think the body of Christ is going to have such a revelation of what Christ actually did. I'm actually going to be able to forgive people that are in so much filth and disgust and sin and confusion Listen, they're going to they're gonna go, why, why, are you, why are you saying this? Like, I don't deserve this. Well, that's, that's actually what's going to get you out of it. Because when you deserve it, then you don't need me anymore. If you, deserve, if, if you come to the place where you, you deserve, you're at a place where you can deserve the cross, then you never needed it. And so I believe that this message that unconditional grace that God unconditional love we receive grace that is going to just unlock the heavens that you guys that are seated in heavenly places you're going to experience breakthrough because you know where you're sitting I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this in closing it is so easy for us to try to fix our surroundings and our problems with solutions. Like, if there's a problem here, I'm coming at it. You know, the problem in our you know, the problem is we don't have problems with gun laws. We don't have a problem with our president. Our problems aren't our, our isn't MTV. Our problem isn't our problem isn't sin. Do you know that? Jesus conquered sin. Did Jesus conquer sin? If, if, sin isn't, if sin isn't conquered, then Jesus didn't conquer it. I mean, come on. That's our declaration. And so if I'm trying to fight things like here to here, it's called the first heaven. you probably teach on the next week because I didn't get to it this week. If you're fighting things right here, you'll never win. How many know the Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood? How many know there's three heavens? 
You know that? There's a first heaven, that's this. There's a second heaven, that's principalities and powers. That's rulers of the air. That's thoughts and vain imaginations, okay? There's this heaven right here. Then there's the second heaven right here. Then there's the third heaven right here. Paul says in uh, 2 Corinthians uh, or 12, says, I, was, I knew a man who was caught up in the third heaven. Well, if there's a third heaven, that means there's a second and a first heaven. Okay? It's kind of logical. Okay? So, listen. I'm going to say this, and you guys are going to, some of you guys are going to get some breakthrough this morning. And I know I'm speaking that by faith, but I know it's going to happen. That if you are wrestling with this heaven, you're kicking yourself in the butt. You're not doing anything. It's like a, jo- a dog chasing its tail. Why? Because the lies that are fed to you on the second level are telling you that this is your problem. They're telling you, yeah, you need to do this. But guess what? Unless you get up and you see yourself seated in heavenly places, you can't say to the second heaven, look, uh, no, 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 no. See, I'm already seated up here. And um, you, uh, you don't know what you're talking about. You see, you see my body on earth? Because, like, I'm on earth, but I'm in heaven at the same time. Do you know that I have authority over this too, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak life over here. Here's what happens. We see, we see the effect of the second heaven, and we get so busy trying to fix flesh with flesh. Can't happen. Until you are seated... On heavenly places, you will have no voice. This is, this is why Jesus said, turn the other cheek. Because if somebody hits you on this one and you react, that means you are being owned by the first heaven. But when you turn the other cheek, you're like, well, this isn't where I'm seated. You need to know where I'm seated. See, look, that's, that's okay, because I know that God has grace for you. You just don't know. You Come, come up here. You're seated with me, too. This, this, see, this is good news. And guess what? Do you know that creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God? The Bible says creation waits and groans. Do you, oh, okay, I'm going to say this, and I'm done. I promise you. Never believe a preacher that says he's closing. Do you know? Read this to me. Read this last verse and I'm done. Man, I'm so sorry it went so long. John chapter 20. You guys, I don't know if you've ever saw this. John chapter 20. And then we're going to pray for some people. Verse 1. John 21. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. And when she sat, or she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other apostle, she's talking about John because he wrote the book, all right, whom Jesus loved. This is interesting. You know, John, the Bible says that John is the disciple that Jesus loved and that's only found in John and he wrote it. So that's kind of (laughs) interesting. Uh, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out, and, um, and the other disciple, 
<laughs> him, himself, <laughs> talks about himself in the third person, it's kind of funny, and we're going to the tomb. So they both ran together, and the other disciple, talking about him, outran Peter <laughs> and came to the tomb first. I, I, I ran faster than Peter to the tomb, and he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloth lying there, yet he did not go in. So John sees the linen cloth lying there, and he didn't go in. When Simon Peter came, following him, went right into the tomb. Peter didn't care. He just goes right into the tomb, all right? Listen to this. Following him, went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloth lying there. And the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded together and placed by itself. Where was the handkerchief placed? It was placed over his head. Where was the linen placed? Over the body. The handkerchief was folded up and put away. The linen cloth was not. Do you know how much of a prophetic statement that is? Do you know that the head is done? Get this, but the body has yet to be revealed. Do you know that creation is waiting for you to see where you are seated? That when you realize that you are seated with him, man, I can't wait because I know, see, that, that handkerchief is folded up. It's all done. It has been completely revealed. It is done. It is, it is not put away, but it is done. And its purpose has been, is, is finished and it has been folded. But guess what? The linens, the body of Christ, has is, it's still got its work. I'm so excited to know I know how to get that thing folded. That when I'm seated with him and I'm reigning with him, then I'm actually bringing creation up. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Oh, man. Come on. We're going to, we're going to, I'm going to, I know I went really long. I don't apologize for going long. I'm just sad if you wanted to leave and <laughs> I wasn't letting you. Lord, I just thank you for, for the mysteries that are going to be revealed this morning. Come on, people, let's just raise our voices. Lord, I just thank you right now for the miracle that is coming out, that's coming out right now. Lord, just uh, thank you, Father. Lord, yeah, there's still somebody with some migraines, and some headaches that is going to get uh, taken away right now. Lord, I just thank you right now for what you're doing in the body. There's healing. There's going to be revelation. Lord, I just ask you right now that this word is going to take root in the heart of the body, Lord, that we, are, we know the will of God. We know how good you are. We know it's according to your good pleasure, Lord Jesus. Lord, that we are actually going to move, move in the Holy Spirit, Lord, that just as you saw, we are going to see, Lord. We are going to see and we are going to receive the placement that you, you've declared we're seated with you. Thank you, Father. Just say, I am seated, I'm seated. In, heavenly in heavenly places. 
I am right with Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Do you know, it says in John 17, Lord, you have, Father, you have glorified me because I have glorified